Okay, thank you for being with us today. We're uh, glad that you could join us, and uh, we trust that the Word of God will be ministered to your heart and life today. Our studies this morning will be in Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 17 and going through verse 24. We'll look at those verses in particular. Uh, we have studied the last number of weeks in the book of Romans, last number of months in the book of Romans, chapter 1 and chapter 2, uh, where we're concerned and considering uh, the judgment of God uh, and the power of the gospel for our salvation. So the scripture says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And God categorizes uh, the, uh, the Jews and uh, the Gentiles and differences in regard to judgment, um, but also uh, declares the impartiality of his judgment uh, based on the light and truth that is given to them. Uh, and so the scripture says that uh, not only is it the power of God for salvation, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall man shall live by faith. Uh, and then it enters in chapter 1 and verse 18 into a section uh, that we would call the, the bad news of the gospel. The bad news is that man is guilty before a holy God. The scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So in verse 18, it says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So judgment is based upon this aspect of man. And then in chapter 1, it gives the judgment that falls upon the pagan man or the Gentile that has no special revelation from God, doesn't have the scriptures or those things. And then it gives judgment over the moral man. So our categories are three. The, the uh, unlearned uh, man, Gentile man without scripture. The uh, moral man with, that, has relative, uh, that has special or general truth from the creation and from his conscience. And now our category in chapter 2, uh, beginning here in verse 17, addresses the Jewish person that has been given the light and truth from Scripture. So let me have a word of prayer, and we'll begin uh, with our verses there. Uh, I say let's, let's go ahead and read the passage of Scripture from verses 17 through 24. And I'll read those out loud if you follow along with us this morning. That would be wonderful. But if you bear the name of Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are essential being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of the knowledge and truth of the truth, you therefore who teach another do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast, 
in the law, through the breaking of the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. May we go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for the truth of the scripture that you've given to us, uh, for the gravity of the need for the power of the gospel. Uh, for it is your power unto our salvation, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Lord, you have given a revelation of the truth of who you are and of your creation. All that has been given to us is given uh, by your gracious and merciful hand. And Lord, may we be a people that express gratitude and thankfulness and acknowledgement that all things, that life and breath and everything comes from your merciful and glorious hand. We ask, Lord God, that you would be pleased to open up our understanding for the scripture this morning, that we might um, hear truth. We acknowledge that it's your Holy Spirit that teaches us the things that are needful, and we ask, God, that you would give us a tender heart to hear what you have to say and give us attentive ears to uh, the, th the truth that is being spoken here in Romans chapter 2. So help us, Lord, and enable us by your Spirit to understand those things which are spiritual. For the natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God unless you enlighten us and illumine us to the knowledge of your truth. And we pray these things in the glorious name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's look this morning then at uh, our message. It's concerning the judgment under what we would call special revelation. Special revelation has to do with that which is given by God uh, by word of prophet, by certain miracles that he's done, by the coming of God himself when he took upon himself flesh and came as uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are special forms of revelation. And those special forms of revelation were given to the Jewish people. God chose to do that, and God's impartiality uh, does not exclude, uh, it, it does not, it's not defined as uh, outside of his calling and choosing or electing certain people, and he elected the nation of the Jews. Um, now, special revelation is, is in contrast to general revelation that is given to the Gentiles. It was given by way of the creation but the things of the creation of the world, uh, uh, the invisible things of God, his eternal power and divine nature clearly understood by the things which are created, so they're without excuse. For when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks. Uh, and so uh, general revelation has to do with what man knows about his creator through the creation and also through conscience, because when Adam sinned, uh, he uh, was given knowledge of good and evil. And that conscience, which knows good and evil and chooses evil, is the basis upon which the Gentile is judged. Uh, the moral man responds with, in an ethical way, uh, but nonetheless, the scripture, as the scripture is saying, 
but the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness is given even for the moral Gentile that does in general uh, moral things uh, as opposed to those that are more immoral. So general revelation brings judgment upon the Gentile, but this special revelation holds a special um, uh, accountability to the Jewish people and to those who are familiar. It would include us today as Christians as well for having knowledge of the, the law that God had given and the truth that God gave through the law as he revealed that truth about himself to the Jewish people. So uh, let's look at verse 17 then. But if you bear the name of Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things which are essential being instructed out of the law, we'll stop there. Uh, in verse 17, we find God's impartial judgment for Jews is given under special Revelation, you find that in your notes if you uh, did receive those this morning. Uh, the blessing of, uh, there's two, two principles that I would like to make from these verses. In verses 17 through 19, there is the blessing of spiritual, uh, of special revelation that is given by God to the Jewish people. And then there's the responsibility in the second part in verses 21 through 24. So the passage is basically broken down in this way. The blessing of special revelation in 17 through 19 is declared. And then in uh, the second part, we'll look at the responsibility for that special revelation that's given and the judgment that comes from God on the basis of that truth that's given. So um, if we look at the, the blessing of special revelation given to the Jews, uh, there is a passage of scripture that is, is I think, kind of sums up uh, what we're saying about special revelation. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets and in many portions in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So what we're seeing here is that, that the, Hebrew, the author of Hebrews, God through the author of Hebrews, is expressing the makeup of special revelation that God, after he spoke through the fathers, when he called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in the prophets, when these prophets gave special word from God in regard to uh, people's uh, deeds and, and man's relationship with God and with one another, in many portions and in many ways, he gave this special revelation. And in the last days, he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And the gospel that we're speaking about in chapter 1, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, is this work that Jesus Christ did. In a special way, God revealed that, and he did it in the nation of Israel. He did it 
he gave this special revelation through taking upon the incarnation, Christ coming, taking upon himself the, the uh, incarnation of human flesh and coming as a human person to dwell among us and to bring about the purification of our sins on the cross of Calvary. He took our sins and he, he, he did this work. It was special revelation of the truth that God gave. And what we find is that in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 11, it says, But he came upon his, unto his own, but his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave eternal life. Um, and, and that eternal life, the scripture says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. But of God. That was the power of God and the power of salvation to bring about that which man couldn't do for himself. For the scripture and these passages are telling us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Jewish people who were get, who was given so much revelation of the truth uh, and, and their judgment was based upon the rejection of that truth or, and the, the point that Paul is making here, or the receiving of that revelation of truth to salvation. For the righteous man shall um, uh, live by faith. He shall be justified by faith and he shall live by the power of faith walking in accordance and obedience with the word of God by the power of God's spirit working that truth of God's word into his life actually transforming him from the inside. So this is what's being addressed in this passage uh, in these in chapters 1 and chapter 2 of Romans and here he's bringing forth the conviction of sin which basically involves the the conviction of unrighteousness in regard to the truth that God has given to them. This is the basis of judgment. So the blessing of special revelation is given to the Jews. Uh, and then in verse 1 it says, uh, if you bear the name Jew and rely on the law. So the, the name Jew uh, is given was given and it comes from the tribe of Judah. Uh, they, Jews, that uh, um, that name given to the nation of actually the entire nation of Israel at this point in time uh, was given through the tribe of Judah because that was the tribe through which the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah would come and they were preserved um, after the Babylonian uh, captivity and, and uh, destruction of the city in 586 BC um, but when Judah was born the scripture says the Jews were given the name of Judah and it, and it means praise. We find that from Genesis 29 verse 35. And she, it's speaking of Leah here, Jacob's one of Jacob's wives, Leah and Rachel. Um, and Leah conceived again. And Judah was the fourth son born to Leah. And she bare a son and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. So she ceased having children after Judah and uh, Jacob had sons through other wives that make up the 12 tribes. But the focus here that Paul is making 
is that it's the tribe of Judah. It's interesting because, because Paul was of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, but his acknowledgement here is that, uh, is that the name Jew is, is very special. Um, and he, he speaks of, of this name as being praise. It means praise. Uh, praise to God, giving glory to God, is the idea here in regard to God's salvation, to a special revelation, and to the special things that God did to redeem mankind and to bring him to the knowledge of the truth. So the blessing that's been given to the Jewish people, uh, and we're speaking about these that God says that uh, um, for the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And so that wrath or judgment over the revelation that God has given to the Jews is being addressed in these verses. Uh, but the blessing of it is that there, it's the power of salvation. And so the Jewish people then are uh, given the name praise to God, to the glory of God, uh, the fourth son of Jacob by Leah. And then it says, and rely upon the law and boast in God. So there's a list of some uh, seven things here that is given in the law. The Jews rest in the law. Uh, they have come to rest in the law. Now, if we go back and we think, well, well uh, when uh, was it that they came to rest in the law? As we go back to the times before the flood, we had Gentiles there. Uh, that that was prescribed to Abraham, uh, to Noah was to the Gentiles. But when we come to Moses, there was special revelation that was given in the law, and the Jewish people came to rest in the law. And so I'll take you back to Exodus chapter 13 and verses 18, just to kind of summarize uh, what took place when the law was given, when this special revelation was given. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor, this is Moses praying to God after the sin, after some sin from the nation of Israel, but he's praying, if I've found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. Now, God called out of, out of Abraham for a seed to be born. And through that seed, he would have Jake, uh, Isaac and then Jacob were the father's. Jacob would have 12 sons, and these 12 sons would become the tribe of Israel. And, and so Moses acknowledged that this nation is your people. They're your people. You called them. You chose them. And if I found favor, show me your ways. So God gives special revelation to Moses through the law and through the commandments. And that special revelation is given so that Moses Notice this prayer. He prays that, let me know your ways, that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. So this is a wonderful blessing that God has given to the nation of Israel. And I pray, me, pray you, show me your glory. So what we want to see and what is given by special revelation and what the heavens declare the glory of God, we want to see his glory. We want to know God in reality and truth to his holiness, to the majesty of his name and who he is. And so let me ask you this morning, 
Are you at that place where the things that God has revealed to you, that you see and you perceive his glory? That through the word, as we study the word, and as we look here in Romans and we come to understand the guilt of our sin and the, the truth that's been revealed to us and the rejection of our God and creator, are you understanding and have you grasped and taken hold of the gravity of what Jesus Christ did? That Paul would declare that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God and the salvation. We've been given grace through Jesus Christ. We've been made aware of the holiness of God and that the, the truth and the reality is that we've all fallen short of the glory of God and that the wages of our sin was death and that God made he who knew no sin become sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The revelation of God, the scripture tells us that uh, this is eternal life to know thee, the one true God. That's what Moses was praying for here. This is eternal life, to know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Do you know the Lord Jesus? And are you growing in knowledge of your relationship with him through your study of the scripture? Because the Spirit of God communicates the gravity of this special revelation that has been given, not only through the scriptures and through the law that was given to Moses, but through the coming, the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ who took upon himself flesh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glorious of the only begotten of the Father. Special revelation has been given not only to the Jews, but to those that have been brought into the new, under the new covenant. And we're responsible. There's a responsibility for the revelation of truth that God has given to us. But the glory and the blessing of it is that we may know God and know his ways. And oh, that our hearts would turn to be obedient and that that transformation of the gospel and the power of gospel would work out that eternal life in our hearts and lives this very morning. But here we see the Jews, you, if you bear the name of Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God. Uh, so we find there in Exodus 13 and 18, those verses 13 and 18, those wonderful truths. But the Jews, they boast in God. Um, and, and so, uh, again, we, we, we think of, of that knowledge of God. They make their boast, and he's, he's, he's moving toward those things which, which they're held accountable for. Their boast is in knowing these things about God. And what wants to be developed in these verses is that knowledge about God is not knowledge of and relationship with God. Uh, and it's, it's really making this point in a strong way. We can have a boast about knowing God and about knowing about God with, that is contrary to what it means <clears throat> to know God in the experiential way that is uh, addressed by <clears throat> the word uh, uh, of knowing God as it's spoken of in Scripture. But this is eternal life to know thee, the one true God. That means relationship and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So excuse my allergies. I, I do have the, the oak pollen allergies with berry there. So I pray my voice will hold up. But uh, boast, boasting about God 
can be knowledge of, about him, but knowledge of him and relationship with him. Look at verse 18 then as we move on and know his will and approve the things that are essential being instructed out of the law. There's this continual list. They know God's will. So uh, notice that, that Moses said there in 3313 <clears throat> that I may know your ways. Joshua said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night <clears throat> so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Blessing and the fullness of eternal life and the covenants that God gave with Israel and uh, of the land covenant, the blessing of the land was uh, dependent upon uh, upon knowing his ways and living in accordance with his truth. Uh, the Jews had the tendency to take that knowledge and boast in that knowledge of God's will and his ways uh, without being obedient to that, that will and his ways. So their words were not connecting with what they do with their deeds. And real knowledge is, is not simply knowing something it's actually being transformed by the knowledge of that something uh, in God's word. So hope that makes sense to you. Uh, there's a fifth point here. The Jews approve the essential instruction out of the law. And I want to make this point because uh, they know his will and approve the things that are excellent. Uh, and that, that approval of the essential instruction out of the law is, it, notice that article is a huge thing because it's the law is connecting to knowing God's will. The law is that I may know your ways. It's God's will is, is what is expressed through the law. When Moses asked those things, he was asking for God to, to, to make his ways clear to him. And, and that's asking God to make his will known to to Moses, who was a subject and subject to his God and creator. He's acknowledging that submission to the law, which is the expression of the will of God. And it's an, an acknowledgement of, of humility to, of the creature to the creator. It's an acknowledgement of that uh, response that that God uh, would bring about uh, through the expression of his will that was given to Moses. So it's a huge thing. Uh, and so we find Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman. Now, the Samaritan were some of the, the ten northern tribes, the Jews that were intermingled and mixed um, genetically with uh, other Gentiles. And he was speaking with the Samaritan woman and he said this, he had this to say to her, you worship what you do not know, because they were having a, a theological discussion about where they worship. And the Samaritans worshiped uh, in a separate place, the 10 northern tribes that broke off, and the Jews worshiped in the temple. And Jesus had this to say about the Jewish nation, about the Jewish people, you worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Okay, so Jesus 
is saying, as a Jewish person, Jesus is saying that that Jews know what we we worship what we know. He is expressing that God gave special revelation to the Jewish people and that that they um, uh, approve the things that are essential and being, they're being instructed out of the law. So uh, these are some of the blessings that are given uh, to the Jewish people. There's a sixth point out of verse 19 that we look at and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness. So uh, Jews are persuaded here, and, and this is a, 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 as a sixth point, is, uh, is broken down into uh, a number of different things that are, are said in regard. But the Jews are persuaded just with that same persuasion that Jesus spoke of. We know what we worship. Um, and they're persuaded that, that they are a guide to the blind. And I think that's kind of what Jesus was saying to the Samaritan woman there, that the, through the Jews, there's this guide to the blind that's been given through the law <clears throat> and in obedience to that law and that truth. So they are a guide to the blind. Uh, Jews are persuaded that they are a light in the darkness. They're a light in the darkness. So what does it mean, a guide to the blind? Well, it means that truth is given. That truth has been given. If we look at, at what was expressed um, to the moral man, and we saw it in, uh, with the moral man and judgment on his part, uh, that there, there were four uh, principles of judgment that were given to us, and we're looking at the fourth this morning, uh, or at a fourth one, uh, but in verse 2, the, the scripture says that they're judged according to truth. That's for the moral man. But it's also for the Jew here. Um, is there, there a light to the blind because they have the truth? <clears throat> and then there, it's according to the deeds, not what one knows, but what one does. In verse 6 of chapter 2, if you look at that verse, it says that it's according to your deeds. Uh, and then in verse 11, it says that God's judgment is impartial. So that's a third point about God's judgment. For, uh, for the judgment of God is, is, is given uh, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Uh, and God shows that he's impartial here, that he's going to judge the moral man, but he's also going to judge the Jew in re regard to, uh, uh, to the... And this is the, the third point, or the fourth point here that I want to make this morning, the measure of the revelation that's been given to them. God's righteous judgment is based upon these things. Truth, uh, it's based upon deeds, that uh, what one actually does, not simply what he knows intellectually. It's based on God's impartiality, that he's, his, in other words, his judgment is just in regard to the amount of truth that's given to each one, the measure of revelation. So um, it, with saying that, the Jews are persuaded that they're a guide to the blind. Well, how are they a guide to the blind? Because the law is truth. What God gave to them about his ways is truth. 
And so that's a blessing. That's why uh, teaching us the Ten Commandments in our schools is the right thing to do because uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. These are things that are according to God's ways. They're truth. They're a guide to the blind. So those that do not know, uh, the Jews, uh, been, having been given God's special revelation, are a guide to those that are blind. The law is a good thing. God's word is, is the truth about his ways that was given to Moses. It is the glory of God and the expression of that. That's why we need for there to be prayer in our schools. We need for there to be the Ten Commandments in our schools. We need for the ways of God to be in our nation. Uh, and there should not be a separation of church and state in regard to, uh, to ethics and morals and the ways of God. These things are necessary for every nation. And it was, uh, so the Jews have been a, a guide to, to the blind. They've been a guide to, to, to societies and cultures and nations uh, through these truths that have come through the law. They're a light in the dark because there's darkness where there's the absence of God's ways known to men and to mankind. Our nation needs to repent. As a people, we need to repent and see these things, that the light has been given to us through the truth of God's word. And if we will simply obey and, and not simply know about God's word, but be obedient to what God tells us, that there's blessing and life and benefit and God's glory in it. And if we disobey, there's cursing and just the opposite. So, and then there's a third point here, that they're an instructor uh, to the foolish. Look in verse 20, a corrector of the foolish. Uh, that's the, the benefit of the God's word, that if, if we... Uh, you know, if you read the book of Proverbs, there's all of this instruction that's given to fools because uh, there are principles and truth in God's word that corrects foolishness. And we're, we're as a people, and, and even in our churches, foolishness is running rampant because simply because we have our ears have been closed to the word of God and to the truth of God's word. Open your hearts. I pray, I plead that that our nation, our people, our church, myself, that we will allow the word to correct us, that we'll order our steps in accordance with our with God's word, that we will see it and understand that it's a lamp to our feet and a light into our path, that we'll understand, as Jesus said, that not one jot or one tittle shall pass away until all has been fulfilled in the truth of what God has said about us and through his word. It's a corrector for us. We need to feed upon the word. Uh, it's, it's this, again, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. To know his ways and to know his truth is essential and necessary for us. He's a, an instructor of the foolish and a teacher of the immature those that are wanting to grow spiritually, we can grow through the knowledge of God's word. And so in verse 20, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature, having the, in the law the embodiment of knowledge and of the truth. So do you hear what Jesus said? Jesus said, uh, knowledge, we, we have knowledge of the truth. We have knowledge of God's ways. And... Uh, 
Uh, and those things have been proclaimed through God's word and through his choosing and selection of the Jewish people to, to reveal this truth to mankind. So all of these things that are being said about this special revelation that has been given to them and the blessing of it is hugely significant when we understand that God in his wisdom and for ways that we do not understand without partiality has not only given to the Jewish people these special truth, knowledge and truth through his word, but he's holding them accountable and that uh, what we're looking at in these next verses is the, the condemnation that falls on those and, the, and the, the different measure of judgment that falls in regard to the amount of revelation that a person receives. When asking and, and looking at these things and getting ready to go to verse 20 and 21, uh, 20 through 24, uh, we find that these responsibilities of special revelation fall upon not only the Jews, and, and uh, of course, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul deals with this in these verses. It falls upon us because we've been given even more special revelation through the new covenant and the coming of Jesus Christ. So there's responsibilities for special revelation and I'm speaking to the church of Jesus Christ today. We have greater accountability. We have greater responsibility, not only for knowing the truth, but for proclaiming the truth, for living by the truth, for acting in our deeds in accordance with the truth. Uh, it is important for us to know and to understand that when our governments remove the Word of God, the principles of God from our public schools, that there's going to be consequences for that, that there's a responsibility for that, that there's judgment that comes because of that. When we remove prayer from schools, when we remove the presence of God from our schools, when we remove the glory of God from our nation, when we remove it from the halls of our political institutions, there are consequences. The absence of God means judgment. It means darkness. It means that there are consequences that, are, that we don't want to experience, we don't want to have. And so we need to be clear in our message in regard to truth, in regard to God's ways, in regard to these things that he has revealed to us. And what that means is obedience. It means that the knowledge of truth translates into the deeds representing truth. And it has to come from the heart. It has to come from the inside. That's why Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jesus said, you must come to salvation. You must be born again. So let's look then at the responsibilities of special revelation as it relates, as Paul is relating it to the Jewish person. And it would be related to us uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the new commandment as well. We're under all, uh, the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The suppression of the ways of God uh, is, is unrighteousness. 
the suppression of the knowledge of, of who he is and the glory of God is unrighteousness. And if we're involved in doing that, then we're responsible. So you, therefore, who teach another, verse 21, do you not teach yourselves and you who preach that one shall not steal? Do you steal? So it begins with a, a list of these uh, statements of, of the ways of God, of the knowledge of the truth of God, of that special revelation that has been given to the Jewish people that they're responsible for. And he's asking, notice what he goes to. He's asking them, do you te who teach not obey um, uh, the, the, uh, the truth here? Uh, that um, you who preach, do you not... Uh, you shall not steal, do you steal? So where does, where is he going here in this verse? Okay, if you teach the law and you do not obey the law, then what, is, what does that mean? It means that your talk, notice the, the response through each one of these, these little, do you preach, do you steal? Um, there is a mention of the word, what we say. And then there's a mention of what we do, our walk, our talk, our walk. Do you teach and not obey? So, in other words, our condemnation and the judgment that comes in special revelation has to do with we, with the Jewish people are saying something, they're teaching something, they're using words, they're using knowledge, but it does not translate to application and transformed life and transformed living. Their talk, their walk does not measure up to their talk. And what Paul is saying here in regard to God's judgment is that his truth must assimilate into what we do, not simply what we say and what we know. So, uh, you therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? Okay, and then the second point there is you who preach. Notice it's another talking word. You who preach against theft. Do you steal? So where does it go? It's going to the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. The Tenth Commandment there. It's commandment number eight that was given to Moses. Moses prayed, Father, may we know your will. This nation and this people that you've given to us, that you've given to this land to, uh, uh, may we know your will, that we may see your glory. Okay. So what what did God make in regard to His will? You shall not steal. So what is He doing? He's preparing the nation for coming into the promised land to be able to relate to one another in a godly and righteous way. If they preach against theft and they steal, then that what they know is not responding to what they they do. If if they if if they understand this and have knowledge of it and they steal in the promised land that God gives to them, then they're in breach of the ways of God. They're in, in breach of the truth that God has given to them. 
It's important. It's important that in our schools that children are taught, thou shall not steal. Why? Because we're responsible to God and to one another, and society works that way. So, again, the Ten Commandments in school is a good thing. The, right, the law is good, and it's, it's given that we might know God's ways. So Jesus, uh, Paul is teaching these truths. Look at verse 22 then. You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Okay, another thing, you who say. Notice that it's, do you speak against committing adultery and then commit adultery? That's the point. So we find here commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. <clears throat> Jesus up the, the, the thing there. Remember what Jesus teaching <clears throat> there uh, and the amount of Beatitudes that, that uh, but I tell you, even if a man looks after a woman to lust, Jesus warned about fantasizing in the mind those things which are unlawful, those things which are, are contrary to God's word. So if you're committing adultery and you know God's word, then you're guilty of committing adultery. Paul is not saying here that these Jewish people are doing the, all of these things. He's saying <clears throat> that some of them are doing some of them and, uh, and that, uh, that all of them are doing some of them. Uh, I don't know if that made sense, but, uh, <laughs> but the point is that their, their walk is not uh, congruent with their talk. Uh, you who abhor idols, do you rob temples? This is an interesting one, and it applies especially to the Jewish people, uh, because do you blaspheme idols and rob temples is the, the kind of a, a more raw interpretation. The idea of robbing temples was that the, that the Jews would, uh, dis, uh, would talk against the idols but they would steal them from the temples and, uh, and use the, the gold and the silver and they would, they would keep the idols. So it's really speaking about uh, you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water underneath. So we're looking at, at taking uh, idol worship and uh, idolatry into our lives and something that is characteristic of all of us, whether we have icons in our homes or not, we, we place our security upon uh, the love of temporal things in this world. And that's the point uh, being made here in regard to the Jewish people. And then we get to verse 23. And we could look there in verse 23. You who boast in the law through your breaking of the law, do you dishonor God? So, uh, again, we have another speaking word here. Do you boast in the law and break it and disobey the law? You're, in other words, your, your <clears throat> uh, walk does not match up to your talk. Galatians 6.13 has this to say, For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. Uh, and Paul in Galatians addresses the, the uh, dangers of imposing the law uh, and certain rules that the Jewish people imposed <clears throat> upon Christians uh, in, under the new covenant. Uh, and they uh, that were circumcised, do, and the point being made 
was that uh, there was an acknowledgement by the apostles and should be an acknowledgement by the Jewish people that though they had these rules that they broke them themselves, that they did not keep the law and that all have come under God's judgment because of their breach of those things which are uh, made necessary by the Lord God. Um, so, uh, and, and by the truth of his word. So, um, moving on to verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So here we find that there's this dishonor of God's name because the walk does not match the talk. The obedience does not match up to what we know. Uh, a point to be made, most certainly to be made, is that we need to practice what we preach. Uh, it's so important for all of us that we, that we understand that there's hypocrisy in our lives in regard to the knowledge of the truth of God's word that crosses all uh, nations, all peoples, Jews and Gentiles. It crosses all denominations. It crosses all humanity for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And we dishonor God by knowing these things and yet doing contrary. And we all do. We all live in hypocrisy in regard to the perfection of the holiness and righteousness of God, which he has prescribed to us. So there's this dishonoring and uh, blaspheming among the Gentiles because our our walk doesn't match up to our talk. We do not practice what we preach. It's characteristic of the Jews. It's characteristic of the Gentiles. It's characteristic of the church, and it's the number one thing that uh, those that are outside the church uh, have to say about us is that look at you. You don't live up to Christianity. You don't live up to the name of Christ. You don't live up to what you're preaching. But God wants us to walk in light of holiness and truth. And I want to take you back to chapter 1 now because there's something very important that's said there that we're going to get to and that the Apostle Paul is going to get to later. For in it, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it is the power of salvation that in the righteousness of God is revealed that the reality, the truth, the practice, uh, practicing what we preach comes about because the righteous man lives by faith. Faith in God, faith in God's forgiveness through Christ Jesus, his just penalty for our sin, faith in God's power to work in, in us, within us, to transform our wicked hearts for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of that sin is death. Christ has died for that sin. He paid the penalty for that sin. Christ is resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. Christ sent his Holy Spirit to indwell us. The Spirit in Christ indwells us. He's given to us and granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places have been given in Christ Jesus that by faith we might be transformed from the inside. It's essential for us to know and to grasp that truth. So I want to give you some points here on the end. The moral Gentile that we looked at um, 
I'm sorry, I, I missed a verse there. Let me go back to that. The wrath of God is real from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And this point is essential to us as we look at what it means to dishonor God's name and to bring God's wrath upon all of mankind. It's revealed from heaven. It's the word that we preach, and it's the word that Paul preaches in light of salvation for mankind. We must first understand the bad news that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The moral Gentile is judged by general revelation. The heavens declare the glory of God. His conscience bears witness. These are the things that we learn in our studies there uh, in uh, chapters 1 and chapter two, about the, uh, chapter 2 about the Gentiles. And then the Jew is judged by special revelation. His judgment is greater because he has greater light of truth. And we've made the point in our last lessons that the measure of judgment is based upon the measure of light that's given, the measure of truth that's given. The church is more accountable today because God has given to us more light about himself. The word was, uh, that was with God, the word in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh, and, uh, uh, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Because we know grace and truth through Jesus Christ, we're responsible for what we know. Our, our walk must, uh, must meld with the, the, the truth that we speak and the knowledge that we know. Uh, we we uh, what we know needs to be translated into to how we live and how we walk in light of Jesus, in the glory of the beauty of his, his perfection, of his, his nature and his character, how he loved and cared for others and how he served others and how he laid down his life for others. These are the things of truth that have been revealed. Again, in Exodus chapter 13 and 18, now therefore I pray you, if, if one man, if is one man, if you have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. That knowledge that was given, they're held responsible for. The knowledge that you've been given, you're held responsible to your creator for. And then the law was given uh, to and for the Jews. To and for the Jews. God loved that nation. He chose that nation in a special way. Nehemiah 8.11 says, And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. He gave it to the nation of Israel. I don't know why. God simply, in his wisdom, chose to, uh, to, to uh, elect Israel and choose, chose to give them the law and the knowledge of his ways. He didn't give it to us as Gentiles, uh, but we were, have received it through the mercies of Jesus Christ and through the power of the gospel. Uh, but number four, there's the law regulated Jewish life in a land covenant. The law was given to regulate their life. When they were at Mount Sinai and, and God gave the Ten Commandments, you shall not steal, 
there's that natural inclination in the Gentile, in the moral Gentile, that he knows that you know. When you see someone steal some, something from someone, you know that that's not right. That's innately within you. But for the Jew, that was spelled out through the, the Ten Commandments. It was spelled out so that they would know that these things were unrighteousness and that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness again. For the, the Gentile that innately knows that it's unjust for someone to steal something from another when you're living in a society together in the same way the Ten Commandments spelled out that thou shall not steal. In Second Chronicles 13, 33, verse 8, it says, And I will not again remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed for your fathers, if only they will observe, listen, to do all that I have commanded them, according to the law, the statutes, and the ordinances given through Moses. Uh, that walk was to be with the talk. And the blessing was based upon the knowledge of God and the glory of God that would shine through God's people when they were obedient to those principles. Thou shalt not commit adultery with your neighbor's wife. It's just just. It's the right thing. It's righteousness. It's the right behavior before God. And the glory of God is reflected in a people that's obedient to his word and that does what God says. There's benefit and blessing in it, but there's curse in doing what that which is contrary to God's word, to his ways, to his commandments. And then number five, the law is still good and punishes the rebel. I want to make this point that, that uh, because we often say that we can't be saved through the law, and this is very, very true. Salvation doesn't come through the law. It comes through the gospel. But the law is good. And it punishes rebellion. And so the law is still useful in this sense. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, and it goes on, the list goes on, of the unrighteousness of mankind. And the law, the ways of God, addresses that unrighteousness, and the law is good in that sense. For the Christian, under the new covenant, were not to live under the old covenant, the land covenant that was given to the Jews. We're not to live under the law in that sense. But we're to understand that the law and what is taught there, the ways of God that are taught there, is still good. And it's still given not for those that are righteous and do the right things in the spirit of the law of Christ, which is the spirit of, of life and truth. Uh, but realizing the fact that this law was not made for the righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious. The law is a buffer against rebellion, against the truth that the moral man innately has within him and that the Jewish man is, uh, is convicted by uh, the, the Ten Commandments and other principles of truth in the law. And so we find these, these things uh, that are taught by the Apostle Paul. I pray that it's a, a benefit and a blessing to your lives.
Um, I had a prophet seminary that, that said, well, the law is given, and when someone is in rebellion, when they reject that truth, that truth which, is, which for the Gentile is innately within them, for that that hasn't heard the scripture, but they know from God's creation those invisible things and his eternal power and divine nature, and they suppress that truth, and when uh, they respond in such a way uh, that they live contrary to those things which are 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 uh, are spoken with inside them, for God made it evident within them the things that were known of God. Uh, they didn't when they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they uh, those things which were evident within them that God made evident to them, they rejected. God consciousness is rejected. When they're rebellious, address that rebellion per, rebellious person with the law. Tell them it's not right for you to do that. Um, and then when someone is broken because of sin and they're under the conviction of that sin, you address them with the mercy that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so even today in the church, we, we have to address sinful behavior. And we address it, when we address it, we address it with the law, with the, the ways of God. We say, you shouldn't do that. A Christian shouldn't do that. Because God, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, has given to us uh, in the gospel the things that pertain to life and godliness through Jesus Christ. And his example to us tells us that those things are wrong. So a believer should not do those things, and we know it by spirit and truth. Uh, for the fulfilling of the law is in this, that you shall love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And the, the, the love of God is the fulfillment, and the love of others is the fulfillment of the great commandments. And it's a, it's a higher principle, a greater law under the new covenant by which we live. But when we step outside of that and we act outside of that, we're uh, still to address with the, the truth of the ways of God as expressed through the law. Uh, for it is for the rebellious and the lawless person. May God add his blessing to, the, to, the, uh, to his word this morning. And I pray that you are, are greatly uh, sustained uh, through these days as we uh, uh, draw and acknowledge our dependence upon God. He gives to us life and breath, and the coronavirus takes away our breath. Uh, it's a, it's a, there's a judgment in things that happen. It's not happenstance. It's not outside the, the providence of God. We need to, as God's people, respond to the things that happen in this world in light of biblical truth, in right, light of what the, the Word of God says. It's not Mother Nature that brought this about. Uh, God is still God over his universe, and these things happen because he brings judgment. And notice in verse 16 of this chapter that it says, It comes in a day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. God will judge. He will bring about these things in a day. It all of a sudden happened, didn't it? But it didn't happen outside of who God is. And in light of that, we want to know and understand what our response should be. And it should be in brokenness and humility and in repentance, turning to God and crying out to God as a nation and as a people, and especially 
as the church of Jesus Christ. For we've been given more revelation, and the truth of the matter is that our walk hasn't matched up to our talk. Father in heaven, I pray that you might grant to us, for we know that we're with we're impotent in regard to living to the truth of your word, apart from your spirit accomplishing and working those things in us that are needful and necessary. God, help us to cry out to that salvation that comes through Jesus Christ and deliver us, Lord, from our sins and those things which have been contrary to you, that we might lay hold of that life that is given and blessing that is given in Jesus Christ. We pray this for your people in his name. Amen.